WEEI Studios, the home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And now, a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI. Listed 238 pounds. That was day one of training camp. I got a feeling he's had a few more pieces between then and now. Yeah, that's before pregame. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fasting. <laughs> Chris. Inadvertent fasting for Pat Maroon is like four hours without a meal. <laughs> but, hey, three cups in a row, who can argue with his formula? That was Jack Edwards, uh, hour number three here, Sports Radio, WEEI. It's me, Arkans, here with you until 4 o'clock, and then we got the SEC Championship game. LSU Georgia coming your way after this right here on these airwaves and then I think there's another game after that but I'm not sure which one uh, is. do we know what's coming up after that I think at 8 o'clock because I'm on until 4 and then SC said it's got to take you up until 8 I think I'm not sure but we will get our team of investigators on it okay ASAP. yes good our crack squad <laughs> um, there's another game later tonight I'm sure I should probably know this off top but I don't know uh, anyways that was Jack Edwards talking about Pat Maroon who's a large fella Large fella out there on the ice skating around. Um, I don't remember a lot of people like ripping Matt, Pat Maroon for being chubby. I don't remember that other people doing that. I can say this. Uh, I have been fat shamed. Me. And if you know me, I'm not really that big of a guy. But I got fat shamed by a pro athlete once. So I know the other end of this. Okay? Jack Edwards is a broadcaster that fat shamed an athlete. I, was, I a broadcaster, was fat shamed by an athlete once. And that athlete was Jose Iglesias. And I'll tell you what. Still hurts. Still hurts. Uh, the year was 2012. I was... No, wait. What, it wasn't 2012. What was the Bobby Valentine year? Oh, that was 2012, right? Or was that 2013? No, it must have been 2012 because 2013, the next year, they won the World Series. So, yeah, it was 2012. Bobby Valentine, manager of the Red Sox. Uh, 30-year-old Arcant. <laughs> was working up in New Hampshire at uh, ESPN New Hampshire, which is where both Rich Keefe and Mike Mananski worked before they worked here. Pipeline the EEI back in the day. It doesn't exist anymore. Now I believe it's a big band station if you're driving up through Nashua. You can listen to, like, Cab Calloway <laughs> or something. Hi, 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 oh. That's what's on my old station now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was up there, and uh, the Red Sox were totally out of it. It was, like, August, and they were out of it, and... They called up all these minor leaguers, and one of them was Jose Iglesias. And Hood Milk was doing a promotion with this new Red Sox-related ice cream flavor or something. I forget exactly what the thing was, but it was some kind of Hood ice cream, and it was a new Red Sox flavor. And Jose Iglesias was going out to Hannaford's up in Manchester to, uh, to check it out. And do, like, a thing there. You know, he was going to meet some fans and take some pictures. And here's Jose Iglesias for Hood Ice Cream. Um, so I drove up to uh, the Hannafords and hooks it. And I get there. And I interviewed Iglesias for a few minutes and just sort of talked about the season and how he got called up and all the other minor leaguers he played with. They were all on the team. It was a lost season at that point. 
And um, this was at a time in my life where I was working for very little money at a small station. And so, you know, when I was at a, at a promotional event, I would look around for the free food that was out. And in this particular instance, it was about 11 a.m., and the only free food that was out were these small cups of ice cream. <laughs> and I was hungry. And at breakfast, it was almost lunchtime. It was sort of like a brunch situation going on here for me. And I hadn't eaten anything that day. I'd driven up to New Hampshire. So I walk over to the table. I look around, grab uh, not one, but I think two of these little cups of ice cream. And I, bop, bop, you know, like two aspirin just right down, right down the gullet. And again, I'm not a big guy. Next to Jose Iglesias, I'm bigger, but I'm not, you know, I'm not like a big, big person. And uh, as soon as I finish the second cup, Iglesias walks up to me, slaps me on the belly and says, hey, you always have ice cream for breakfast? I was like, hey, excuse me. I didn't have any breakfast this morning. I just, I'm getting what I want. And he's like, all right, buddy, maybe, you know, try a salad maybe next time. I was like, hey, hey. Jose, Don Rickles over here. Now he's now he's roasting me in front of like the nine or ten people that came to the Hannafords to meet. This is before he was like a known name. He was just some prospect they called up at the time. Uh, you know, so it wasn't like a ton of people there. It was like ten people there. And this guy's got me on the in the blender. And so I'm like, ah, ha, ha, that's fine. And then I cried all the way back to my car. No, I'm just kidding. But like that was the one time that that happened. And it was funny. I thought it was funny. I thought what Jack Edwards said about Pat Maroon was funny. Pat Maroon obviously didn't think it was funny and uh, said that he was going to make a big statement or no, a, uh, a $2,000 donation to Tampa Bay Thrives, which is a sort of mental health, bullying, body image uh, uh, foundation down in Tampa that works with, I don't know, kids, I guess, or people, I don't know, whoever's uh, struggling with that sort of stuff. And Maroon told The Athletic, you don't talk bad about someone like that for a minute straight for no reason. I get it. If we're out in the ice and guys are chirping and guys are doing those things, that's part of hockey. That's part of it. But someone on a national uh, TV broadcast with potentially millions of listeners are watching or tuned in and basically just cut me down, uncalled for, unnecessary. I don't understand why he did that, but it is what it is. It's over. It's done. And we turned a negative into a positive. I'm not going to say that I agree with Pat Maroon or disagree with Pat Maroon because it doesn't matter if I agree or disagree with Pat Maroon. And it doesn't matter if you do or if Jack Edwards does or if anybody else does. He said what he had to say. He said, yeah, we chirp each other and call each other all sorts of names on the ice. Broadcasters don't get to do that. Okay? Broadcast, we don't, we don't do that with people interviewing us, and you, you don't get to do that to us either. All right? There's a line, and you crossed it, and I didn't appreciate it. And I don't like announcers, broadcasters talking about me that way. You're going to say what you're going to say. You know, you're calling the game. I'm sure he doesn't have a problem with, you know, talk radio saying things about him. That's obviously very different from calling the game. And you sort of remember this back with the Red Sox, right? Remember when Eck was, all the Red Sox got mad at Eck because he said yuck one day or whatever, remember that? Like Jack, Jackie Bradley, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't let him sit in the back. I forget what it was. Something happened on the team plane. Pedroia yelled at him or Jackie Bradley yelled at him. Everybody clapped for Dennis Eckersley, who was not some bomb thrower. But I understand these guys don't like it when their broadcaster, when the broadcast team uh, starts ripping on them. Fine. All right. You said what you said. And Jack Edwards had a response. Jack Edwards says, I'm sensitive to the subject of body image, and I didn't intend to offend anyone. In the course of a two and a half hour broadcast, you're right there, Jack. Don't tell us how long the broadcast is. All right. We know it's a two and a half hour broadcast. You do a two-and-a-half-hour broadcast every single night. How often do you start ripping on someone for being a fatty? All right? You know, that doesn't happen every night. 
We know it's a two-and-a-half-hour broadcast. Don't use that as an excuse. In the course of the two-and-a-half-hour broadcast, it was a lighthearted attempt to point out that Pat Maroon, who I also regularly praise for his camaraderie with his teammates through the years, again, irrelevant, uh, uses his size to be a difficult competitor. He's an effective player with three Stanley Cup rings, something I also made a point to say Tuesday night. Again, irrelevant. I have reached out to the Lightning to connect with Pat. Um, that's not an apology apology, but it kind of is. And I'm not going to be the apology police because honestly, I'm not Pat Maroon and I don't care. And I don't take this stuff as seriously. I'm not going to say it. You know, I'm not going to, if someone's got a real problem with it, I'll make my jokes when I make my jokes. But if someone says, Hey, don't do that. I don't like it. I'll stop. And that's what Pat Maroon said. Hey, don't do that. I don't like it. So you stop. And that's it. I think it's pretty open and shut right there. And if you feel like, uh, announcers should never do that. Fine. I don't feel like Jack Edwards does that stuff a lot. Although I do remember one time when Joe Castiglione was ripping on that. What's the name of the, uh, uh, Stiz, maybe you can help me. He was the first baseman for uh, Tampa Bay, and he's Korean. And he was just big boy. He's big boy. Uh, and I remember one day I was doing a Red Sox game like four or five years ago, and Castiglione was like, Jose Iglesias with me, basically. Just like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> what was his name? Ah, oh, I can't remember what his name is. G-Man Choi? G-Man Choi. Thank you very much. G-Man Choi. Uh, G-Man Choi, who is, again, a professional athlete, but a little husky, a little on the husky side. And I just remember one day Castiglione just lighting him up. Oh, it was so funny. He was like, uh, who's that guy who's at every roast? Um, Jeffrey Ross. <laughs> He's like, Jeffrey Ross <laughs> roasting this dude. It was really fun. I thought it was funny. It also sort of matters who you are, Right? Like, Joe Castiglione can make fun of a guy for being fat, and no one's going to be mad because it's Joe. It's like, oh, come on, it's Joe. It's funny. It's funny when, like, an old guy does it. Jack Edwards, not as funny. He's not as old and uh, not as uh, campy. I mean, he's campy to us, but, like, to other people, they don't like him because he's always, you know how he is. You know how Jack is. Anyway, I feel like this thing's probably over. And I also just want to say, the Bruins, good Lord. These guys, this team is unbelievable. This team is unbelievable for a team that I really had no expectations for. Coming into this season, watching them go out there every night and beat the Lightning and beat the Lightning again and beat the Flyers and just steamroll all these teams. It's remarkable. I mean, it really is. They're 19-3. and 38 points. They're a machine. A wagon, wagon doesn't even cover it. They're a machine, these guys. And it has been tremendous watching them. I can't wait for this game tonight. This game with the Avalanche tonight, I've been waiting. I've been, I woke up thinking about it. And this is a regular season Bruins game in early December, which I'm sorry, like, you know, I love the Bruins, but, like, it's hard to get too worked up about these early season games, especially when they're winning a ton of them and there's not that much to really, you know, argue with. <laughs> like, you know, you want to talk about this team and how great they are, but eventually it's not, you can't just throw roses at their feet forever. But that's all you can really do with these guys. That's all you can say. There's nothing aside from that kid they signed, that racist kid they signed. You know, other than that, there's nothing to complain about. Really, nothing. And Jack Edwards calling Pat Maroon chubby. Other than that, this team has been perfect. I mean, really, that's what you've seen. And they got a real test tonight as the Avalanche uh, come to town. And you don't, I need to tell you about the Avalanche. Avalanche are nasty. And they got some nasty players. And you look at that roster and you look at the Bruins roster and you wonder how the Bruins are better than them, but they are. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a fun one tonight, I think. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more Bruins and Celtics, too, the Boston Celtics, who lost last night. It's another thing you don't hear very often. The Celtics lost last night. It's only been like three other days you could ever say that. 
Uh, but they lost to the Miami Heat, who are surprisingly a tough opponent for them, even when they don't have all their stars. When they do have them, uh, Celtics couldn't answer. We'll get to all of that uh, right after the uh, trending now here. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Celtics fall to the Heat 121-16 in overtime last night. Jalen Brown, a game-high 37 points, 14 rebounds, hit a crazy three off the glass with 2.3 seconds left from about 45 feet out. Uh, forced overtime with it, but in Miami too much in the extra frame. They had four players with over 20 points. Jimmy Butler, 25, 15 rebounds, and a couple of clutch shots in the overtime to sink the Celtics, who begin a six-game road trip starting tomorrow in Brooklyn when they take on the Nets. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock. Bruins welcome the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche to the Garden. They'll try and make it 14 straight home wins to start the year. Puck drops at 7. Red Sox signed Chris Martin, right-handed reliever, not the guy from Coldplay, to a two-year $17.5 million deal. Jacob deGrom heading to Texas. Five years, $185 million for the two-time Cy Young Award winner. World Cup and Cutter USA took it on the chin. Netherlands blow them out 3-1. to one. They're done. USA's done. And uh, I'm done talking about the World Cup until it's over. And also, Christian Fourier, myself, Abby Chin, Ted Johnson, all the other Colorado Buffaloes in town, rejoice. Coach Prime is heading to Boulder. Deion Sanders will become the new head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. And also, MIAA High School Football Championships. Her WEEI zone, Andy Gresh, on the call. You can also stream all five games on the Odyssey app. Just search for MIAA Football Championships. I'm Christian Arkan. That's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. We're back to Christian Arkan on WEEI. Outside, Marcus can't hit the three. And the Celtics drop the final game of the homestand. 120 to 116. Give the Heat credit. A lot. I mean, this game, I did not think that they were going to be on this level. They came to play today. They were active. They were physical defensively. And they earned this win. Gorman and Scal on the call. It's Arkan here with you. Sports Radio WEEI. Nice to have you with us here this afternoon. That was the uh, final call of a Celtics loss, which, again, you don't hear that very often, if ever, this year. Celtics dropped to 18-5, and 11-2 at home. Bruins look at that, and they're like, pathetic. Two losses at home. What are you... What are you, a joke? Um, it's been a charm season so far for your Boston Celtics. But I'll tell you what, the Miami Heat opened my eyes this week. The Miami Heat opened my eyes three nights ago when they played them the first time. Nice little home and home here for your Boston Celtics. Uh, no Jimmy Butler in that game. No Victor Oladipo, who also I believe didn't play last night either, but no Jimmy Butler, which is huge. And they hung around. Miami hung around in that game until like the second, you know, very end of the fourth quarter when Boston pulled away. And this time around, this time around, they never went away. They just kept coming back. Jimmy Butler kept coming back. Adebayo kept coming back. Tyler Hero had a big game. Uh, Butler with some daggers in the uh, fourth quarter and in overtime as well. Just a, a great performance from him, clutch performance from him. He finished with 25. Adebayo finishes with 28. 26 for Hero. 20 for Lowry on 8 of 13 shooting. Like, they were they were, they were, were ready for you. And that game meant something to them. 
You know, you remember, you think about the Celtics and how close they were to an NBA championship, but you also got to remember how close the Heat were to knocking them out. Jimmy Butler had that three-pointer in the air, boy. That thing was in the air. <laughs> and it missed, and the Celtics moved on and looked like they were about to beat Golden State and then ran out of gas right around game four. But either way, I'm not here to, you know, rewrite history or relitigate anything. Just to tell you that the Miami Heat, even though they're off to a crappy start this year because Butler's been out, uh, he's back. And there's still three quarters of a season left to go here. All right? So good start for the Celtics, bad start for Miami. I wouldn't expect Miami to just, you know, uh, shrivel into the night. And they may be off to a bad enough start that play-in tournament is their fate. You know, there's some good teams in the Eastern Conference right now. I don't know if they're all going to stay where they are. I don't know if the Pacers are going to stay where they are or if Cleveland's going to stay where they are or some of these other teams that I think are overachieving right now. Um, Atlanta, I feel like is the four seed right now, you know, like there, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff still going to happen. And I think a lot of these teams that got off to good starts are probably going to fail. I don't think Indiana's that good. I don't think Atlanta's that good. Um, I think Toronto's better than they've looked. Miami's better than they've looked. Chicago's better than they've looked. Um, and you'll see them start to climb and some of these other teams maybe fall off a little bit. The Celtics, I think the Celtics are in pretty good shape to stay where they are. Maybe not at an 18-5 and five clip all year, but certainly enough that they don't have to worry about, you know, falling down with the, with the five and six seeds of the world. You know, you're, you're a one-two team, I think, this year, and I think that's what you're going to be. Cleveland's hanging around. They're 15-8. and eight. Milwaukee's right behind you at 15-6. and six. You're 18-5. and five. And that was a good game last night. Milwaukee, L.A., uh, the Lakers look like they woke up a little bit last night with all the, all the turmoil they've had this year. Uh, and they're another team that's under 500 and outside the playoff picture. But they looked good against Giannis and the Bucks last night, and that was Middleton's first game back. So Milwaukee's going to get better. Um, the Celtics, I think, are going to get better when Robert Williams comes back. But why are the Heat so tough? Why are they so tough on the, on the Celtics? I'll tell you why. Why I think it is. Um, they're built to beat a team like the Celtics. That's not to say that they have, but that's what they're built for. Any team that has Jimmy Butler on it, who's a defensive, he's a great scorer, obviously, but he's a defensive, hard-nosed defensive player first and foremost and a tough rebounder. He's more of a Kawhi Leonard than a Kevin Durant, I would say. Um, And those guys are really, really tough on teams like the Celtics who are wing dominant and rely on those guys to do most of their, you know, most of their scoring. And the Celtics have two guys, top 10 MVP candidates right now. Not one, but two. Jason Tatum's the number one MVP candidate in the league right now, according to the Kia MVP ladder, which I trust. It's NBA.com. And look, what do you know? Go down a little ways down the list before they get to the honorable mentions, and there's Jalen Brown at number 10. Here's the full list. Uh, Tatum at number one. Tied for second are Luka and Jokic. Fourth is Giannis. Then Devin Booker, Steph, Durant, Morant, Don Mitchell, Jalen Brown. After that, you got Anthony Davis, MB, De'Aaron Fox, Shai Gilgis Alexander, Zion Williamson. Pretty good spot to be in. To quote, uh, to quote my buddy over at um, NBC Sports, that's a great spot to be in. Let me tell you. Heard that ad so many times. And then DJ Bean going, "I want to see baby steps, and I'm seeing them." And every time I hear that, I say, good for you, TJB. Uh, 617-779-7937, that's your phone number. Um, two MVP candidates. Robert Williams coming back. 
18 and 5. What can you say? Really, what can you say? <laughs> you know, it's a it's a, a historically good start for this team. And uh potentially para MVP candidates competing with each other on the roster every night. I I got to tell you, I I have very few notes. Uh let's see what Joe Sway Pavone of CLNS Media and Heavy.com has to say. Joe Sway, what's up, man? Nothing much, Christian. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, he's joining us, by the way, on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, Joe Sway, I've thrown a lot of flowers at the feet of the Celtics right now. Um, you've covered the team for a while. You've seen some ups and some downs. In terms of starts, I mean, I, I probably go back with this team a little bit further than you, but in your lifetime, I mean, can you remember a, a hotter start than this for the Celtics? No, no, I can't. I mean, the only season that comes to mind is the uh, the the oh nine uh, no two thousand eight oh nine season. Mm. Remember that? Yep. When everyone was thinking, oh, here comes the championship hangover, and these guys are older, and and then they dumped out to a was twenty seven and uh, two stars, twenty seven three star, I believe, twenty six and three star, something like that. And I think that's the only time I've seen this, this Celtics team just get out to the to such a huge start and a huge lead amongst the rest of the NBA. Now, we all know how that season ended for the Celtics. 27-2 uh, that team started. 27-2, correct. <laughs> that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, that's you know, better you than imagine, this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy, it's easy to forget that, Christian, because right. everyone remembers what happened at the end of that season. KG got hurt. You know, they kind of wallowed their way into yeah. the playoffs. And Dwight Howard dunked them right out of the playoffs. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, Glenn Davis had to take over, and yeah, that's how that ended. So, I mean, that's the last time I've seen – a team, this Celtics team, jump out to such a great start. But the difference between this team and that team is that I feel like, yeah, they had Rajon Rondo and they had, you know, that sort of mindset of of what they, who they were on on the defensive end of the floor. But with this team, offensively, I mean, one through five, you got guys who can create, who can, you know, make plays, make the right, pl- make the right pass, look for the right shot. I think that's the part of this whole thing where you're thinking, man, this offense, we've never seen anything like this. Jason Tatum, where he is in his career right now, and just elevating into being the the number one, the favorite for MVP, and, and the, arguably the best player in the NBA right now. I mean, I just I can't remember the last time I thought Celtics team had that kind of start with that sort of leader. How come they don't miss Robert Williams more? I know it's a weird question, but like I thought that was going to be a tough void to fill, and so far I feel like it hasn't been. Like they've they've yeah. survived just fine without him. I, I thought that was I thought that was going to be tougher. Why hasn't it been? I think it's a testament to the offense. I mean, adding someone like Malcolm Brogdon was huge. Derek White in the last week or so has, has stepped things up offensively in terms of just, again, making the right play, you know, looking for the right teammates that's open, hitting down shots, coming up big from behind the arc. I mean, this is the best three-point shooting Celtics team I've ever seen. I mean, I, I you know, I can't speak to the teams of the 80s, but I don't think they were shooting threes at this. They were making that many threes, you know, compared to what we're seeing right now. So um, I, I think it's just the, the overflow of just the offense clicking and, and its star are, you know, elevating to, to new heights. And, of course, you can say the same thing about Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown is a big reason why this team even had a shot in that game against the Heat, you know, last night, surviving that 13-0 run when, when, when Jason Tatum just didn't have it. It was Jalen who was creating. It was Jalen who was, you know, not pretty at times in terms of him taking care of the basketball, but when you needed a bucket, when you needed it the most, even when it seemed like the entire TV guard was about to scream, what the you-know-what, and it banks off the backboard and goes in, I mean, that's a heck of a shot. That's a, that's a tough, that's a great moment for, for Jalen, and especially moving forward when, you know, coming out of a, a, a bar fight like that. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Jalen Brown, and he's obviously having a tremendous start to the season and looks like he's really just picked up where he left off in the finals last year. Um, he's also had a couple of questionable incidents so far this season. Is he on? 
Is he on, like, secret probation or something? Like, the, is the team worried about him and, and what he might tweet next or what he might say? Because I feel like at this point you kind of have to be, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to be. You have to be cautious, obviously. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure that people have, have spoken to Jalen just about, you know, cross-referencing things before you go out and tweet and show your support. But I also think Jalen is not the type of guy who's going to say, you know, I'm going to do something because you you told me to in the sense of taking right. down that retweet. I think that's the part that really rubbed people the wrong way. Of course, the context overall, but the fact that he did pedal back and say, hey, listen, you know, I didn't know what this group stood for. I sort of jumped the gun here. But, you know, and then he I'm left it up for about, four days. Yeah, I'm going to wait about four or five days just to show you guys that I'm not going to do, you know, what you guys want me to do. And I mean, I, I think that's just part of Jalen's personality in, in, in a sense. I mean, it's like, hey, I apologize. So I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to do that final thing you want me to do. But eventually he did it. And yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a teaching moment for Jalen right now. And, and with everything going on with, you know, the position that he's in right now, I think he has to hold himself accountable. And I think he did. You know, he's the uh, VP of the Player Association, you know, uh, he's shown his support for Kyrie Irving through that avenue, through that channel. So we we get that. But um, yeah, pedaling back on on supporting that group that was outside of the Barclays Center, I think that was a good move for Jalen. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. I mean, I, that's something that's sort of in the back of my mind. Sure. I'm out here, you know, in New York, and um, we'll see what the atmosphere is like. I mean, it's the first time these two are going at it. And of course, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown. I mean, these are sort of the, the storylines going into it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of love in that room. There's going to be, you know, <laughs> like Isaiah and Magic before the finals, you know, they might as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, those yeah. two are going to be all over each other, I bet. As um, long as they don't do that after, you know, the ball goes up in the air, and I, I want to see that same sort of attack mode that <laughs> Jalen was in, you know, in that first round series last year when they, uh, they, they swept them off the floor. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Uh, we're talking with Joe Sway Pavone here on the Harbor One Hotline, uh, CLNS Media. Joe Sway, Al Horford, a two-year extension. Um, did they feel that was urgent? I sort of saw that and thought, oh yeah, right. I guess I guess Al's coming up soon. I didn't I didn't think they'd need to extend him, but they felt that that was something they had to do. Yeah, I think they wanted to get ahead of it. You know, um, like they're not Al's worried been... he's going to leave again, right? Right, right. I just, I just think, again, it's something they want to get ahead of just yeah. in case. I mean, who knows? If we see another playoff performance, playoff Al, I mean, he could his stock could go higher than they than they expected. And I think that um, – You know, Giannis that, didn't the, like that extension. You know that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, Al is bad. Al has made, he's made a handful of money. You know, I, I think it wasn't more of a money thing. I think it was more of a respect thing from the Celtics. I mean, you go back to how things went down that offseason, and he jumped to Philadelphia, and there was some sort of disconnect there. I mean, I think this is their way of saying, like, hey, yeah, we – we should, maybe we shouldn't have let you walk that last time, but hey, you know what you've done last season and compiled with what they've seen thus far. Sure, he's not someone that can always play on the you know second half of back to back, but I think that they believe he has enough in the tank that they can preserve you know his production and, and, and make sure that it's where it's supposed to be come you know the postseason. So yeah, I think that's what that was. Yeah, I would I would imagine it is too. Um, I asked uh, Greeny about I mean, this. Yeah, yeah, I asked uh, Greeny about this last week, Joe Sway. There's a lot of point guards on this team. Maybe maybe a few too many. But between Smart, uh, Brogdon, White, and Peyton Pritchard, you got a bit of a log jam there. How do you how do you clear that up? Um, and who has anyone sort of jumped out? I feel like they all deserve playing time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like it all goes with the with the, the flow of the game a lot of the time. I mean, Joe Mazzulla. I mean, he likes to tweak his lineups in the sense of when guys need rest, like Al, and you know, if, if Tatum wants a night, needs a night off, and there's nothing he's going to ask for, right? Every once in a while, he likes to do that. So 
I, I see Pritchard as sort of like that odd man out, but still has a chance to sort of, you know, crack the rotations on certain nights. But I think they like where they stand right now. You know, I think they they like having the that that strength of having three playmakers who can also give you, you know, that that um sense of that sense of uh, identity on the other side, right? I mean, they all sort of can can come together and come and create stops and on the defensive end of the floor, which is sort of Payton's weakness. And I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on Payton here, but I, I just, I like what I see out of him when he gets his opportunities, but I also like the fact that he's sort of that insurance policy just in case, you know, given Malcolm Brogdon's track record, if he needs an extended amount of time before the postseason, you're able to make that move and, and, and you're not, you know, falling way short of, of compared to what other teams you know, the depth of this team on offense, I think it's something that we sort of overlooked. I mean, I didn't honestly expect this bench to be this deep. I knew Malcolm Brogdon would, would bring to the table, but, I mean, we're all waiting to see what Robert Williams is going to look like when he gets back, and then yeah. we can see how this whole team is, you know, come together. Um, Josue, the, uh, the follow-up question there, which I just sort of thought of, if they were to make a trade, what would they even be looking for? What does this team need? Does this team need anything? Um, I mean, draft picks. Like, what do they need? Like, I don't, you know, like on the court, it seems like they're pretty well stocked. Yeah, I mean, there's always this, the talk of you know, adding a defensive guy just to sort of lock down the wings a bit, kind of gives just just a spell. defense hasn't Aiden been as good Brown. this year. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the only sort of uh, weak spot that I see here. But you you, you never know. I mean, we'll, we'll see when it's when it's you know waiver wire season what they what they decide to do if they let somebody go if if you if you see Brad trade someone you know for. Maybe some future draft capital, but I don't think it would be a, a, a significant splash, you know. But that, that's a good place to be if you're the Celtics right now, for sure. Um, what do you think about the Eastern Conference and how it's going to shake out? Obviously, there's some teams now that are there that weren't there last year uh, up in the top five, like Indiana and Atlanta and some of those teams. Um, some teams that are really underachieving so far this year. How do you see all that shaking out? Do any of these teams have staying power? Milwaukee for sure. I yeah. think Milwaukee is that team that everyone's thinking about. You know, how what are they going to look like when they're completely healthy? Um, you got to throw Miami in there. I just think there's just a tough matchup for the Celtics. Yeah. You could say the same thing about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, just to have that athleticism, guys that can defend, guys that can, you know, uh, defend in transition, can score. I mean, those are the guys. Those are the teams that. And this is that that really do give the Celtics fits. I mean, you look at what happened Friday night. I mean, that that's just a team saying like, "Hey, we we didn't forget what happened last season, right? That game seven, you guys got to go to the finals. Well, look, we, we're going to remind you guys that we we still we're still in the picture here. And I think that's exactly what 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 that was their goal going into that second game. You know, these two game series where you can sort of leave a, a nasty taste in the other team's mouth, and especially you know for them to to fly in Jimmy Butler, like, hey, listen, let's let's send these guys a message. I, I think all of that is relative into them trying to turn things around. That's just their culture over there, right, Christian? I mean, playing defense and you know shocking everyone when they least when people least expected the way they did that that huge turnaround midseason, they ended up going to the NBA Finals. I still think they they believe they can get back there, and and I think that's a big reason why they haven't really blown this team up yet so this is sort of the last year to do that so I, I, I would say those are the three teams though I mean in, in my opinion um, the Cleveland Cavaliers don't have a whole lot of experience on their side but again they do give the Celtics fits and the Milwaukee Bucks are, are, are always hungry to get back to the NBA Finals and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo I mean all uh, post-game shenanigans aside between you know, him trying to get his free throws up and stuff I mean look he's, he's, he's looking at what Tatum's doing all right he's that kind of guy who who keeps up with what's going on in the Eastern Conference so he certainly has his eyes on the Celtics and that matchup on Christmas Day should be a, a very special matchup between Did you see him erase LeBron last night by the way I didn't. No oh, man. Le- well, watch that. I gotta the- check that out. Giannis, LeBron was going up for a layup, and Giannis came out of. He came flying into the frame, 
and uh, yeah, and said no thanks. Not around. <laughs> it was, <laughs> Davis ended up having the last lap. Lakers won the game, but that was a tremendous, a tremendous block uh, last night by Giannis. It was one of those iconic plays, I'd say. Uh, anyway, uh, Josue Pavone. Yeah. By the way, if you go to the NBA store, I already told you this. They took out the popper shot. Can you believe that? That's awful. That's terrible. I you have to what? assume that's some sort of COVID thing, right? It's got to be. When I was on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to look into Freaking it. Freaking you know COVID. What? what else are they going to take from us? <laughs> when I was down in Orlando, I got a chance to go to Bush Gardens, and they had the, uh, they had the, the you know, you're, 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 what, you're, what you're great at. You know, you knocking down those shots right. and, and getting stuff to animals. I mean, what, what's your record with that, by the way? I've never asked you, but I've seen the highlights. I can tell you I've never lost. I can tell you I'm like the uh, big baller brand, never lost. <laughs> <laughs> What's the secret? What is it? The, the touch, the, the flick of the wrist. Yeah, it's all about the touch. It's all about uh, how it comes off your fingertips. That's really, that's really what it's about. Uh, people say, "Oh, try and bank it off the yeah. A. Don't do any of that. No, 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 no. You just gotta, you gotta no, believe in yourself. You gotta believe that it's going sketchy. in. <laughs> and these rims are sketchy. That's true. That is, that is what they do. That's how they get you. But, hey, congrats, man! By the way, thank welcome, you very welcome much. Welcome back, back to back to the EEI. You know, this is where I this is when I walked into your life. Remember? That's right. Up? Yeah, you uh, you produced <laughs> for me back here way back in the day. Man, I feel like Gary yeah. Tangway. I discovered you. <laughs> <laughs> it's how Tangway talks on the on the Saturday like this too. Man. That's we exactly to right. Man. And now you're a superstar, yeah. Josue Pavone. Thanks so much. Anytime, Christian. Man, all right, that's appreciate it. it. Very cool. Josue Pavone from New York City uh, calling in. But he won't be playing Papa Shot at the NBA store because you can't do it anymore. But I'll tell you what they do have at the NBA store now. Every time I go to New York City, I go to the NBA store. I'm such a nerd. I'm 40 years old. I still do this. If you go there now, you can walk up, and they have, like, this little kiosk, and you can make a jersey, and it says anything. And then this machine makes it right in front of you. And they spit it out, and they give it to you. You pay for it, and you go home. I was this close to creating... I was in uh, New York City a couple weekends ago to go see SNL, actually. Uh, it's the Dave Chappelle episode. Oh, you lucky. I know. I was there. Wow. I was, it was cool. Black Star was the musical yep, guy. Yeah, I saw that. whole thing was cool. He killed I killed that monologue. I, I, monologue was good. It was one part where it got pretty quiet, but I thought overall yeah, yeah. it was good, too. I really liked the potato hole. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. The Game of Thrones skit. Yeah, Black Heaven was funny. The Game of Thrones skit, all that stuff was funny. Um, it was a funny episode. Anyway, I was there, and uh, I was there in the NBA store with my wife, who I drag there with me uh, every time I go there. And I'm looking around for the popper shot, and up there is this kiosk instead. And I was this close to creating, because where else are you going to find one, a John Bagley Celtics jersey. Bags. My man Bags. Do you remember Bags, this? No, not really. So John Bagley played point guard for the Celtics in the 80s and 90s. He went to B.C., and he was, um, well, I don't want to get Jack Edwards here, but he was a Husky fella. <laughs> he was sort of a, like Kyle Lowry, you know, like he's sort of like that build. You better watch out. Support groups are going to be on. I know. I don't want that to happen. But he was sort of a bigger guy. He was kind of slow. You know, he'd kind of he'd kind of roll up the court like a bowling ball, you know. <laughs> like he was one of those kind of guys. But I loved him. I loved John ba- Bags. He was my guy. For some reason, I just loved John Bagley. Every time he got in the game, I really rooted for him. I don't know why. Uh, but I was thinking, man, I could do this. And I looked, and it's like 150 bucks or whatever to do one of these custom jerseys. And I looked at it, and I looked at my wife, and I thought about my young infant son who's seven months old, and I thought, you know. Yeah, but he'd grow into that he one He could day. grow into it, yes, So it's almost true. like an investment. Yeah, yeah. But would he share my love of John Bagley in his, when he's old enough to wear it is the question. And that I don't know. I don't know if I can predict. Because then what? It's just going to sit in his closet? This John Bagley. And also, you know what? You know what else kind of sucks is that, like, the new NBA jerseys have all these ads on them and stuff. So it's like, 
you know, all the ads and then five Bagley. And it's like John Bagley didn't play then. It's like when you see a Yankee jersey and it says, like, Ruth on the back. Like, those Yankees, they didn't have the names on the jerseys back then. The Yankees still don't have the names on their jerseys. Like, don't do not do that. Don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining, okay? I know that's not John Bagley's jersey. <laughs> but I still thought about it. But then I thought, you know what, I'm not going to. Instead, I bought a Vince Carter T-shirt. And uh, that was a fine investment. He can wear that when he's old enough. If he wants to. Anyway, I'm way over here. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We'll come back and wrap it next here on WEEI. Covering Boston sports and beyond. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Sports Radio WEEI. It's Arcan here for a few more minutes. Take a quick phone call here before we get to this last story because this is something I just got to talk about. Phil's in New Bedford. Hi, Phil. Hey, hey afternoon, Phil. buddy. Well, What's I up? spoke to you last weekend. I was just not come down with the flu, so I couldn't remember one of my first questions. Okay. In your opinion, which of the two is going to lose three games straight? Bruins or the Celtics, and why? Um, let's see. I'd go with. Uh... Um, the Bruins, not because I think they're worse, just because I think hockey's streakier. I think, you know, when a team gets in a rut, they'll lose a few games in a row and then get out of the streak and go on a hot streak and more so than NBA. I feel like NBA is a little bit more, you know, lose a game, you win a game, lose a game, win a game. I feel like hockey's a little more streaky just in general. Um, I think both of these teams are playing so well, it's hard to say that one or the other is going to lose three, but just in general, I'd say hockey is, uh, tends to be a streakier sport. When it comes to teams and win streaks, losing streaks, whatever. It's just that's just my opinion. I don't even know if the uh stats back that up. They probably don't, but that's just my opinion. So there you go. Um all right. So this story comes to us from well, I don't know. I'm not a big cruise guy. I haven't I've never been on a cruise in my life. Uh not once ever. I like boats, but I've never been on a cruise. Um cruises are back and they're back big. Back so big, in fact, that this uh father of two was on a cruise with his family. And fell overboard. He fell into the ocean. And he doesn't remember how he got there. Uh, let's take a listen to this poor man recounting the uh, the ordeal to, is this Good Morning America? Who is this with? Yeah, Good Morning America. With Good Morning yeah. America, who had quite a week themselves, by the way. Uh, listen to this. We were just hanging out, having a good time, watching some live music. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Did you have a few drinks? Uh, I had during the day. Just a second. Just that we're going to start and stop at this because line of questioning immediately gets real. I was just there enjoying some music, you know, having fun. Did you have anything to drink? Whoa, 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 lady, get a warrant. Um, it's a cruise, right? Who doesn't have, who goes on a cruise doesn't have something to drink? He's there with the family, but whatever. You're on a cruise. You're on a boat. What are you supposed to do? That's the whole point of the cruise. I thought was you just you go and you drink a lot. Right? Isn't that what people do on cruises? I've not been on one, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, now the questioning takes a turn. Did you have anything to drink? I had during the day, and I would actually did like an air guitar solo, and there was a competition they were doing. Hang and on. I'd... Hang on. I did an air guitar solo. Why is this germane to the conversation? I had a couple of drinks earlier in the day, and then next thing I know, I'm air guitaring all over the boat. Uh, here's why that's important. Play the rest. And I'd won it, so I'd won a free drink. So I had that. But, but you hadn't had, like, you weren't, like, inebriated, had, like, a ton of drinks. 
No, ma'am. Do you remember? No, ma'am. Just enough that I entered and won an air guitar contest. Epic. <laughs> and then he fell off the boat. Splish splash right in the ocean. He said he, he was in the ocean so long when he came to, the boat was gone. I mean, think about that. In the ocean. That's a long way. You look every single direction. You don't see the boat in the ocean. That's that's couldn't have been fun. Coast Guard came and found him, so the guy lived. Anyway, that's it. That's all for me. Uh, stay tuned. SEC Championship coming up. LSU and Georgia. Thanks to my guest. Talk to you next week. Bye.